Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Geekly Reveal. It's our show that brings you news on a geekly basis. As always, it's your host, your boy Dom, aka Brother Dom, aka Rando Calrissian, aka Hot Pilgrim. And once again, I am joined by the finest, the read your mindest co-host. <laughs> to tell the people who you are. Hey everyone, it's me, Stephanie, aka Captain Steph on Twitter, aka The Snow Queer on Tumblr, aka Fancy Drew, aka The Last Hairbender, aka Steph Boyardee. Bing, 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 bing. How you doing, Steph? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good long weekend. For How you. How about you? <laughs> yeah, for you. I did, not for have, me. I did not have a long weekend. The uh, hospitals were like, get your ass back in here. And, uh,. No, it was a good weekend, though, I, uh, all things considering, you know, there was a, we had a loss in a, a family-adjacent friend group, but um, it's always nice no, to see. Rough. Yeah, uh, but it's nice to see, you know, like, family, friends, and remember that we have extended families. Um, but besides that, I just, like, watched Overwatch League, played video games, rested, hung out with my partner a little bit, saw my family. You know, it's regular, boring weekend, just like I like it. It's good stuff. Yeah, so good. Except for the snow. The snow's a pain in the ass. I was supposed to, like, help with a seminar on Saturday, but I was like, I can't leave my house. Like, or else I'll wreck my car, and I'd rather not do that. What about you? You do anything cool over the long weekend? Um, we had some people over on Saturday night, which was fun. Um, drank a little too much. Had a rough day yesterday. But but it was fun. We, uh, we broke out some of our board games, so... And the card games that we hadn't had a chance to play yet. And it was our first time having non-like family visitors in our new apartment. So it was basically a six-month late housewarming. <laughs> That's kind of cool then. So yeah, it was pretty pretty fun. Good, good. Why don't you just like, jump into some news? I mean, it's been... It's still January, so it's like relatively slow, I guess. Um, yeah. Not too, too much happening that's super noteworthy. But there's still a little bit. There's always a little bit to talk about. I think like right after we recorded last week or sometime after it, uh, I saw Adidas is having some Dragon Ball Z shoes come out. Like they're doing a collaboration. Oh, real? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at this right now. It's only two pairs from what I can tell. But if I recall correctly, it's like Cell and Frieza themed shoes, which I, I'm not sure why they wanted those two. Yeah, there's a... There's a yeah. Oh, it's the, there's going to be eight shoes released this fall. It's, these were leaks. Okay, um, so more so than just Cell and Frieza. Yeah, so we see the Cell and the Frieza. I gotta add on this. I, I hate ads. But yeah, apparently we're getting like Yadrobi ones. I think maybe Boo. So there's gonna be a bunch. I would read more about the ads. or like, don't have fun. So I left the site. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I'm sure the sneakerheads will want to get those. And any anime fans want to just stunt a little bit at a convention. It's, it's a good purchase. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And the other thing, uh, there's like a micro Nintendo Direct. Um, the the mm-hmm. little not quite yeah, press like conferences they give yeah and they kind of just instead of it being live they just put it online and uh there's a lot of announcements in there um a lot of ports are coming to the switch the world ends with you there that's getting like Sweet. sort of yeah sort of like a remaster-ish type thing if you want to call it that with like an extra couple of missions or whatever but they're doing an hd with controls remapped for the switch rather than touchscreen that's cool nice. We're getting Mario Tennis Aces, which is nice that we're getting a Mario Tennis game with like a story mode and like features that aren't just verses. Because um, uh-huh. they had one come out for the Wii U that had less features than the ones that came out for 64 and Game Boy Color. And I don't know uh-huh. how you release a game in 2016 
that's less technically it's less pictures than like nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> they had more characters and it looked better, but it was like people were like, "Where's like the, your tournament mode where you like play the computer and matches? Where's like anything?" And they're like, "Oh, we didn't know people wanted that." We're like, "You could have released the last game you released." with, like, Rosalina and the Koopa Kids, and it would have been a better game than what you release now. So I don't know. Um, it's one of those few times where it's, like, you, you never want to say development's easy or someone was being lazy because you don't know what they had to go through. Um, mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where it, without knowing the details, it just seemed like a, a, a rush job. Not that the, the developers couldn't have done better, but almost as if they were told, we don't really want you to do all that much. Um, uh-huh. Like I don't think it, it wasn't sloppy. It was very polished. It's just there was nothing there. Um, so it's nice to see uh, a Mario Tennis game coming out because it's a franchise I really love. All the boys are getting nice uh, outfits, like tennis outfits, <laughs> instead of just their overalls and stuff like they've been wearing for the last four or five games. Um, and presumably the, the the ladies will get something. Also, uh, like well, no, they always wore like tennis dresses, so that shouldn't be too hard to change. Mm-hmm. Um, Luigi, uh, Waluigi has like the little side swoop <laughs> so you know people are going to want to bang Waluigi again welcome to the internet welcome to the internet and uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is getting a remaster and they're adding Funky Kong to it like uh, the cool Kong and he's basically <laughs> like the easy mode like he can roll forever instead of like Donkey Kong's little like little bit of a roll and he has, like, a mm-hmm. surfboard that lets him, like, if he lands on spikes, he'll stay in there instead of, like, getting hit. He has, like, five hearts instead of two or three. So he's basically the game's easy mode, but they framed it in a way that, like, no, Funky Kong's just too cool to get hurt. So, like, <laughs> it doesn't come off as patronizing, even though it's, like, the easy way to play the game, which is nice to add that feature and a bunch of other announcements. But those are the ones that really stuck out to me that I still can remember. Um, and people were at, um, I think, <laughs> Donkey Kong... Country Tropical Freeze has sort of a Funky Kong edition, like in the top right hand corner. Um, mm-hmm. So people are like, like isolated and started adding it to logos, kind of like the featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series, and then the mm-hmm. and Knuckles. And, and Knuckles. Yeah, so they're just throwing that all over stuff, and it's just kind of uh, it's going to be funny if people remember to keep doing it. I hope they do. Yeah, that's kind of what I got from the Nintendo Direct, just some ports and stuff. I, I guess Dark Souls is coming to Switch as well, a remaster of it. Which is nice to see all these games coming to Switch. People are considering it a real system. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Is <laughs> happening to you? Anything? I don't know. There's, I mean, it's been like a, like you said, like a very slow week in terms of stuff, things and stuff, especially in the nerdy space. Um, I saw Coco today, which I'm pleased and surprised that it's still in theaters. Yeah, that's a but... that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, for what it's worth, our 3.30 showing was the last showing of the day um, at the theater we went to, and I will say that in part we took this on ourselves because we went to see a children's movie on, like, a day that school is, can't, is not in session <laughs> um, in the middle of the afternoon, but this theater was packed to the gills with children, and the people sitting next to us in the last row were the worst behaved group of people of different ages, because it wasn't just the teens that were misbehaving, it wasn't just the young kids that were misbehaving, the adults that were with these people were acting like they'd never been in a theater before, 
like, letting their kids play with their phones and text and putting the flashlights on to look around on the floor and, like, I never, I always thought that those ads before a movie that are, like, turn off your phone were, like, needlessly patronizing and unnecessary. (laughs) You thought that. But apparently they're there for a reason, because literally I have never seen anyone behave like this in a movie theater before. And the movie was delightful. It was very good. It made me cry. I'm glad I did not have to sit through <laughs> a 20-minute Frozen short at the beginning of it, because the the trailers before it were so a lot. What do you mean, a lot? Um. Well, they've made a adaptation of Peter Rabbit. Oh yeah, that, I heard about that. Starring um Dominic or not Dominic, uh Domhnall Gleason, General Hux, with his hair dyed black. Ah. Um Kylo Ren style. Solely just like physical humor and like sight gags, which is so far from like what the original Peter Rabbit books had anything to do with. And then like Paddington two looks a mess. Like, Paddington goes to jail? (laughs) Paddington 2. Paddington Lock Bear. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, then they're making, I think it's a third Nomeo and Juliet movie. Huh. It's just called Sherlock Gnomes. That's that's kind of funny. With Johnny Depp playing Sherlock Gnomes. That's weird. Yeah. And like it was, it seemed weird, that, especially that the advertising seemed to be leaning into the fact that Johnny Depp was the main character. They're really trying to spring time and Hitler this thing, <laughs> and it hasn't worked. <laughs> They're like, "Stop seeing this movie. <laughs> We're trying to write it off. Like, maybe if we get Johnny Depp, like, sorry for your loss. It's not going to work." Yeah, and then on top of that, there's also like, I've never read the book Ferdinand about Ferdinand the Bull. But which, if I but if I recall correctly, it's like an anti-violence story about Ferdinand, who is like a bull in bullfighting Spain, who does not want to be a bullfighter. Interesting. Um, or like he doesn't want to fight; he just wants to, like, chill. I can't blame him. Chilling's cool. I'll chill. I yeah. Like to chill. But like, it seemed like a very strange, and by strange, I like quite strange the way Black Twitter spells it. Ferdinand? Um, yeah, the casting. It's John Cena as Ferdinand the Bull. Um, what is Black Twitter and, doing with that? <laughs> well, I mean, like, quite, like, Q-W-H-I-T. Oh, 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 I see. Okay, okay. I lost track of what was going on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, like, and it's set in Spain, so it's not like they're whitewashing a movie set in, like, a Latina country, a Latinx country. They just have but, like, John Cena as a bull because they need it, to fill seats. <laughs> But, like, also the, um, like, it seems like the bulk of the cast that has accents are the bad guys in the movie. Ooh, get so her done. So it's still, like, a, a bit much. Right. Um, especially considering that it was coming in front of Coco, which, I think, if I'm correct, cast, like, actually Latinx people in all of the roles and was very well researched. And like, like uh, respectful of cultures. the experience, like cultures, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what we got? We got one, and I feel like that's what they're trying to do: is say, "Hey, we 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 gave y'all one," which <laughs> that sucks to, to feel that way. Yeah, I mean, like the, then 
And, like, then compared to all of these other, like, uh, really, like, cool and meaningful-looking, or uh, not cool and not meaningful-looking trailers, it made it seem weird when they showed the trailer for A Wrinkle in Time. Because <laughs> it was like, like, here's a movie that... It made it look like it was a movie for a completely different age group and, like, it didn't match with any of the other, like, shitty animated things that they were advertising beforehand. I don't even think any of the other things they were advertising before Coco had live-action people in them. Well, Wrinkle in Time is kind of like a, a kid's thing, right? It I is. Thought. It's like a, it's a kid's book, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a relatively young middle grader's book. It's only, like, it's less than 200 pages, I think, but, like... It just looked so much more, like, big budget and, like, intellectual sure, than all of sense. the other things that they were advertising, that it just seemed, like, very out of place. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I understand that. <laughs> when's, it come, when's it come out, actually? March. Beginning of March. March, okay. I'm very excited. Yeah, so March is... This is actually gonna... If we can get through... Like, just like last year, if we can get through the year, there's lots of cool stuff going to happen. Exactly. Wrinkle in time. Um, Black Panther is coming out soon. Black Panther is soon. I got Um, my tickets. I I didn't, but I mean, I also live in like... You also live in a less uh, cutthroat. What? (laughs) I was going to say, your ticket buying is slightly less cutthroat. Oh yeah, I live like south south of Pittsburgh. So I'm not really worried about this this screening of Black Panther being sold out right away. (laughs) not really worried about it too much which is um it, it's it's one of those things we also i also heard like a lot of people worried that like you know uh we live in a country that's kind of you know a little bit white supremacy sometimes and uh congregations mm-hmm. of black people are susceptible to fuckery and i'm like well i don't see that being a problem where i'm from and i, I saw a few people joking about because you know black people we like to use humor to get through a, a situation that's hard, you know, it's not that we think the situation's funny, but you, we all, mm-hmm. I mean, people joke at funerals and such like that. Um, so how human beings cope. Um, so I remember a lot of people saying, yo, I'm going to actually not have to worry about this because I don't live in an area. So my experience won't be the ideal one, but I'll feel safe kind of thing. So that is something uh-huh. that actually is, is kind of concerning to me. And I hope that this goes off without a hitch, but it's always something that, worries us that said i do not fear that movie being sold out i mean i don't think <laughs> spider-man wasn't like it's it, I, we're not i don't think we're in a marvel heavy demographic out here or necessarily or even like a especially not a black one so i think i'll be able to mm-hmm. see it without getting tickets but um well without getting tickets prematurely i will have to buy a ticket to go see the movie because that's how theaters work <sighs> much to my chagrin but uh yeah i'll be seeing that and I think you mentioned it. There's a there's different charities going around where people are trying to buy tickets to underprivileged black children to get to see Black Panther. Yeah, there have been some um, fundraisers like GoFundMe's and whatnot happening on Twitter and elsewhere, just to like make sure that like the people for whom Black Panther will be most meaningful, aka black children, particularly from like underprivileged areas are going to get to see it and it's not just going to be like all the white people in manhattan crowding the theaters good um that's real good (laughs) which is uh nice to me (laughs) and it's uh reassuring but yeah i um 
I, I do hope more people get to benefit from the representation that this kind of thing can bring. You know, I know, I know a lot of people see themselves on the screen and do feel that they can achieve more, and that's really that's really powerful. So you know, hope these GoFundMe's help out a lot. So if you know of any, you could spare a ticket cost you. I, I recommend you all do that for your local chapter of Black people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's probably not a thing, but, um, yeah, yeah, that, there's that. What else is coming out, like, in the next few, like, whatever? Is there anything? Um, let's see, I mean... I'm looking Black... forward to this game, Celeste, on the Switch. I think that was another thing was announced in the Nintendo Direct, um, but I knew about it, but it got its release date. It's, like, a, a platformer with some interesting mechanics, and, uh, it also is doing that thing where you can tune the difficulty, if I'm recalling correctly, so that it's basically really that's easy. Nice. For people that don't want a hardcore experience, or people with accessibility issues, or children, or people um, that are, what is it, what we say, differently abled, I'm not sure the terminology, people with mental illness or something, mm-hmm. okay, I just want to make sure I'm getting the terminology right, but um, there's a lot of accessibility issues with different games, um, mm-hmm. but they also recognize that, hey, we have like some interesting mechanics we can use that we can really make some absurdly complicated things too. And there's a market for that as well. So there are also levels you can, like, ratchet up the difficulty and go for these absurd physics challenges that are basically, I have mastered this game um, to a high degree. So I, I think it's nice to have something that you would rate on a, you'd rate on one on a difficulty scale and ten on a difficulty scale. That's really nice to see that a game can accommodate both. Um, yeah, for sure. Without, like, locking content behind. So that's nice. I guess Super Meat Boy came out for the Switch as well, which is the exact opposite kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, and Icon- yeah. Iconoclast is coming out next weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did you get, didn't you get something cool with that related to that? Um, I'm looking into some stuff, trying to do some coverage on it if I possibly can. Um, but that's a game I've been looking forward to for so long. And uh, I, I heard a little bit of an interview from uh, Yo Kim Sandberg, um, just about development. He's been doing that for seven years. And, uh, did most of the art, music, and programming for it kind of thing, just because it was a passion mm-hmm. project, and it's, again, I think we talked about it before, but it's 100% my jam, like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's 100% my shit. It was one of those things where, like, I looked at the, like, just, like, the thumbnail of the YouTube video of the trailer, and was like, <laughs> well, this is dumb shit. Like, the, there's the, like, the only thing that can make that more my shit is if it was, like, a black female protagonist instead of white, but, like, there's uh, there, there seem to be people of color like women of color within the story on both good and bad sides of the conflicts it's not like they're just the bad mm-hmm. guys which is always a pleasure um, I, yeah, I, I, I think people write what they know um, Brian Lee O'Malley said it when he wrote, wrote Scott Pilgrim I, well I don't know if what if they see Brian Lee O'Malley's but um, I, I think people do kind of default to the people that look like them um, even mm-hmm. if we do like a, a different gender than our own I think people just tend to use the shading that they're most familiar with and then i feel like when you're working on a game for seven years your wokeness meter can change between the beginning and ending of that game <laughs> and you might be like you know what i cannot like i'm not saying this did or didn't happen but i could i can see it in like the own my own writing and characters i've made where there's some ideas i'm like yeah i'm being real progressive i look back i'm like whoops that's really bad uh and i think you might hit a point where you're like i've done so much key art for my main character i'm not changing it now but I'll add other characters in different places. Um, so I, I don't know. I see that as something that could happen. Um, you know, just kind of talking. But yeah, I'm excited to see that. I, I, I'm trying to work on getting some coverage onto that. But yeah, it's, it's a nifty looking thing. It comes out 
uh, let me look at the date. I want to say like next Thursday. Yes. Which doesn't so. doesn't help me at all because I'll be going out of town. Doing, I'm gonna say yeah, we'll be at a convention next Thursday. So uh, it's also like when Celeste comes out. So it's I'm looking forward to when Crypt of the Necrodancer comes out on uh, Switch. So yeah. So basically, yeah. I I want to stop playing Overwatch despite the fact that like I don't want to stop playing Overwatch. <laughs> I think it's funny. Um bouncing off your comment that like those two like those two games you mentioned were like the exact opposites opposites of each other the things that i did this weekend what do you mean um i watched almost all of rick and morty and a bunch of star vs the forces of evil though i mm, are those that different like, they're <laughs> kind of different but also not that different like like the more i think about it they probably have more in common than one might think at first I think because I well, it's, you know what is but. just so funny to see is that like there's there's a huge overlap community right. Mm. Um, for let, let's take Gravity Falls, Steven. Let's take Steven Universe more so because I think Gravity Falls just kind of gets not looked at as much because it's not on like it's it's not it's on a Cartoon Network. Show. Yeah, so people don't consider it as much even though like it has a huge fandom and like. You know, like I, when I went to see the gingerbread houses around Christmas, someone had made like a mystery hack house um, uh-huh. with like the faded S and everything. I'm like, oh, you know, it's, I mean, <laughs> a kid made it, but like, you know, that's that yeah. means somebody knew about it. But let's take Steven Universe. They have a huge overlapping fandom because let's, you know, so, but like the Rick and Morty fans would be like, oh, a bunch of Tumblrinos love Steven Universe. And then like Steven Universe fans that aren't in the crossover be like, Oh, look at all the edgelords that love Rick and Morty. I'm like, you know how many people like both? Like <laughs> they're Yeah. They have the same I, f- I feel like they have the same sense of wonder, but they go about it in a different way. And I'm assuming yeah, Star the... versus Evil does too. Yeah, I think that's and I think they're both they're all trying to kind of send up a like a different genre. To some extent, like, yeah. Rick and Morty's making fun of sci-fi stuff, like, Star Wars The Wars of Evil is making fun of fantasy tropes and, like, like shoujo magical girl tropes. Yeah, and Gravity um, Falls, like, kids X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's a, a, I guess there's a common thread that one wouldn't necessarily see without being like, oh, they're all animated, duh, of course they're all similar. Like... <laughs> The common thread is, were you born in the 90s, 2000s, but you love the 80s? <laughs> Have we got a cartoon set for you? Besides, like, maybe language stuff, you know, like cussing, I think you could marathon all, like, four of those shows and not, like, miss a beat. Yeah, I would, I could, I could, I could see that. Um, I mean, well, how, how'd you like Rick and Morty? I mean, it's one of my favorite shows, but I know it's not for everybody, but... Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. I would, especially from the pilot. So I watched the pilot and I was like, mm, "Yeah, I don't think yeah. people like the like even the fans are like the pilot is a good example of what this show is, but the humor doesn't hit the same way and it's not really as much. It, it, it's not the episode I chose somebody as the shining example of why the show is dope." Yeah, I think it like it's it's very smart and I like the fact that like over the course of it, like like Summer becomes more of like a better character and like people they kind of grow out of their tropes over the course of the show. Yeah, I think so. Like, and I think it's, um, I like that, like, for example, like, the, at the end of the third season, like, part of, like, Beth's character journey is, like, 
I'm as much, like, I'm an asshole. Like, I'm an asshole and a sociopath, just like my father. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to make the choice to live the way I want to live. Yeah, see? You know, there's, there's good stuff there. Like, yeah, and, like, even... Like, I don't know, and the sci-fi shit is fun. And, like, it, it's something that... I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, one of my favorite shows that I've watched, but I would say that I'm engaged enough to watch what comes next. I think you've and seen... And obviously I was engaged enough to watch three seasons in a weekend, so... <laughs> I think you've seen a lot more shows than me, so you can... Like, I think it might just be in my That's top fair. ten of things <laughs> to say that, like, the amount of shows that I've watched from beginning to end, what are your top ten? I'm like, uh, everything that I've seen from beginning to end is in my top ten. <laughs> 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 it's about ten things. Um... That might not be true, but it wouldn't be far from it. Uh, yeah. On the flip side, though, of things that I have been watching and just being like, what am I still, why am I still watching this? And yet I'm still watching it. Um, is I watched half of Devilman Crybaby. It's a good show, apparently. I've heard people talk about Literally, what's good about it. <laughs> Twitter is losing their minds about it. Why is that? And... I'm not sure. Is there gay boys Animation. Well, yeah. I mean, like, if okay. you looked at a picture, you'd be like, oh, that, that's why Twitter's losing their minds about it. It has a blonde guy and a dark-haired guy as the main characters, and they're best friends. So, like, obviously, like it's Sherlock just people, or... like... Yeah, it's just, like, the, that, like, shipping dynamic that trumps all. But, um, like, animation's not that great. I feel like the same, like, arguments that people are making about it are, like, also kind of like, in terms of, like, how meaningful it is are, like, the same arguments that people make about, like, like, certain, like, justifying shit that, like, Rick does. Welcome to the club. It felt like. See, see yeah, now it's like... gonna be in all your stuff. No, so you're right. Like... And that's, that's what bothers me. Like, you know how people on the internet want to defend stuff and it's like, it really isn't that important to defend. But, like, mm -hmm. it's, you're not offended, but you're personally hurt. Like, no, no, you're calling me a shitbag for liking this, but you don't understand what I like about it. And if I could just convince you what I like, I don't want you to, I don't need you to like it, but I just don't want you to think I'm a piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> in the sense that, yeah, like, Rick is fun and cool and badass to watch, but he's not the hero. He's someone you'd, yeah, he's not the hero, and he's not someone you'd actually want to be around in real life. Yeah, like, when I, like one of the things I liked in South Park was when Cartman got that kid to eat his parents, because, I mean, that's a horrible thing, and it wasn't like, oh, I wish I could do that. It was like, oh, yeah, wow, this, this guy pulled a gambit to show, like, his dominance in a way that was like, yo, don't fuck with me. And I'm like, that's terrible. Like, there was there was no greater moral to that. But I'm like, oh, okay. Like, this is okay. Nice little writing. Good job. Like, good job, Matt and Trey. But then people are like, yeah, Carmen's <laughs> badass, dude. I want to be like him. I'm like, I don't know if that was ever the point of this show. Like, yeah, like, that wasn't the message. Pretty sure this when this Jewish guy wrote an anti-Semitic character, he wasn't saying, hey, go be like that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe they could have done a better job of it, but I thought it was pretty clear that he wasn't the hero either. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think people, like, yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you, how do you feel that people glomped on to Rick when it's, you're not really supposed to? Um, it doesn't surprise me at all, because I feel like the kind of people who, like, even to, even with, like, si like pointing out that crossover between, like, the different animated, like, shows with adult crossover, or, like, that are either made for adults or have adult crossover, is that Rick and Morty just seems like the kind of show that would attract that kind of person. Okay, that, that like, makes sense. Because it's a little bit like, you have a character who's always talking about being smarter than people. Yeah, it's got more, like, edgy humor. It's got 
like, because, yeah, like, he's smarter than everyone, and he, like, justifies his, like, mistreatment of the people around him by saying, oh, well, if you were, like, when you're, like, when you're smart, you don't, like, all of this seems pointless, and you don't have to care about other people. Like, emotion is the ref, like, emotion and being nice to other people is the refuge of people who aren't smart enough to do, to do better. That's funny, because I'm pretty sure Dan Harmon thinks the opposite of that. For the yeah, same well, reason, yeah. <laughs> like I think I, re- I think I really think it was him that wrote that said this quote. Maybe he was quoting somebody else, but he's like, "If you, he's like, you, we're all so small, we're so pointless in this world. Like none of this really matters. You think about like how small an ant is to you, and that's how small like the world is to like the galaxy, and blah blah blah. It zooms out and out and out, and our actions between each other mean absolutely nothing. So the fact that like someone can be sweet to somebody they love is the most beautiful thing because." There's no reason to do it. It's just out of beauty. I'm like, okay, that that, I like the idea that since everything is pointless, it's beautiful because it doesn't have to be that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I I find a lot of comfort in that. Um, yeah, I feel like it's more meaningful, like like you said, like to if everything is pointless, to be kind in rejection of that or like in spite of that rather than just giving up yeah because like morty sees how much now this matters and he's like hey that's you know that means we can enjoy life and we might as well enjoy life because it's only going to be like 80 or so years if i don't die before that and i think there's something really beautiful about that um Mm -hmm. i mean no one wants to be the morty because he's apparently dumb but like at the same time he knows that there are secrets in the universe there's no there's no mystery he doesn't know the answers but People are like, is there an afterlife? He's like, I don't think there is based on what I saw, but that's not going to stop me from living this. Or I know there's a million universes, but I'm happy just like watching TV with my family. I think yeah. that, I think that's dope as hell. <laughs> like you've yeah, seen. Yeah, I feel like that's probably more of the message that people are trying to pass or like pass through that than what people who identify with Rick are taking away. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at all the characters in the family. They've all seen, they've all been to some kind of alternate universe at some point where, like, it would blow your mind if you saw it in real life. And they're like, okay, cool. Mm. I'm, I am fine just eating food on the on, on the table with, with my family. I don't need all that stuff. It's cool to just, like, chill. And it's funny, see, it's funny seeing all these people want to identify with Rick. Like, his socio- sociopathic tendencies. But, like, the happiest we ever see him is, like, when they, he stops time and just chilling with his grandkids. Like, yeah. or like taking them out to get ice cream. Like, that's the shit that he lives off of. And you're like, this dude's the smartest guy in the universe and can do all this stuff. And he's like, hey, let's just watch the Titanic and make jokes about it. Let's go beat up Nazis. Why didn't we, why wasn't that the Rick and Morty meme? I know someone said it before, but Rick, Rick and Summer definitely beat up a Nazi. And that was pretty, they framed that as a good thing. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, that was like a, it was very obvious. Yeah. Like, in that, <laughs> I, actually, it was funny because I, I think what happened with, I didn't realize that there was a post credit stinger in every episode. Oh, yeah. And I, until I finished the episode at the end of which, like, Rick, Rick and Summer get jacked and go beat up that guy. Oh, and yeah. then I was like, wait, <laughs> I thought that, I know I've seen that scene where they beat up, like, the bully and, like, and the neo-Nazi and, like, the, like, dog abuser and shit. Like, I've seen that scene and it has to have been from this episode. So yeah. is there something after the credits? And then I had to undel- undelete all the episodes that I hadn't, <laughs> had already watched and, like, fast forward to the end so that I could. Yeah, they have some pretty good stuff in there. Like, sometimes it's a joke. Um, what's the good one? Some of some of them are better than the other ones. Some of them are just, like, 
cute little gags, but I think they like are better towards like the second season and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I was I was also like I noticed that some of them show up in the opening animation, like in the opening credits. Oh, like some of the stuff from the stingers. Some of the stuff from the stingers is yeah. like a scene that was in the opening credits, which seems like a weird. They're just like this looks good. Oh yeah, because. Well, that's the thing. You never know till you get to the end of the season whether something's actually going to show up because a lot of times it's just, like, BS. Like, the Morty action figures never shows up, from what I can tell. Um, yeah. Do you have any favorite episodes, then, while we're finishing up with this or and any other oh, final thoughts? I really liked the, the Mad Max one. I think if I was, like, and, and the Unity one. I think, I know we're planning on cosplaying Unity next weekend, but I think if we were ever going to do a group of, like, just, like, random Rick and Morty characters. I'd want to be Summer from the Mad Max episode. That's with a, her, like, with a ta- Wasteland face Cannibal. <laughs> yeah, like, with the face hat and, like, the Wasteland Cannibal, like, silver Tina Turner outfit. <laughs> like. That's, see, that's good. It's, there's, there's good stuff. Like, it, since, it's, since the drawing is simple, the costumes are relatively simple. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, those are good ones. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, like, uh, the, the, like, uh... The sleeper plot arcs are pretty great, like, the things that show up and then they come back. I was wondering, like, so th- with the the um, the president thing, the thing that you had been, like, dancing around when we were talking about it? Oh, yeah, you're when like... it actually happened? You're like, hey, this is this is that Morty, right? I'm like, just, just hey, just watch the episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, watch the, watch the rest of this episode, you have ten minutes. <laughs> um, the, like, the evil Morty from the first season ends up being president of the... Of the more of the Ricks and Mortys, the end of the third season, like right up until the end, though, I was like, "Is this gonna be that Morty, or is like Mr. Meeseeks gonna come back or something?" Like, <laughs> yeah, because you could tell, like, I, and I think the benefit you had, why it was easy for you to catch that, is because you had watched them like in close proximity, versus mm-hmm. like the way if you watched them when they came out, that was literally like I think I said like two and a half years or something apart. So like mm-hmm. the whole time, like, man, I wish Evil Morty would come back. Or, like, oh, I wish the Meeseeks would come back. Or, where's Mr. Poopy Butthole? Or, like, all these characters. You know, is it going to be, is Bird mm-hmm. Person going to swoop in? But, like, just the scene where he's, like, giving this speech and then, like, the piano comes in. I was like, no mm. way, dude. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the same song from yeah. the... It's cool giving characters motifs, I think. Or, like, a theme song. So, I don't... And it's... The thing, like, with Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland is... They could do, like, they could deliver on these plots, or they could just be like, it's not that important. And it's mm-hmm. like, where we're, a lot of people got disappointed with The Last Jedi because it wasn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. I was like, I don't care what it's going to be, man. I just want to know what you're going to do, because <laughs> whatever I think of is going to be, like, if I want if I want a story to go a certain way, I'll write the fan fiction. I don't care, like, I can, I can use Word, but I want to see, like, what they come up with and be like, yo, because I know it's going to... Because you're never sure, like, is this going to go a certain way, or are they just going to, like, pull some nonsense, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the whole time between season two and three, we're like, oh, man, like, how long's Rick going to be in jail? And, like, like five minutes. Like, it's not going to be, like, that substantial. Like, it's it's going to be, yeah, like, the same day. The opening of season two was, like, literally, or, like, season three was literally just, like, oh, and then I broke out of space jail. And, like, <laughs> it turned out to be, a, like, a misdirect, but still, like... Yeah, and that was, because... When, I'm, when we're watching that, we're like, oh, okay, yeah, this this seems like something they would do. So but yeah, s- like, again, it also it seemed completely in character for the show, so. And, and, and that's kind of what's fun about it is, like, you can, yeah, you can bring Evil Morty back, like, two seasons later, and, or you could not. 
you know, we could see what happens to Phoenix person. We might not. I don't know. I I, I liked a lot of the episodes. I thought they were pretty good. I uh, I, I like the little running gags they have. Um, mm-hmm. that I'm not sure if it's like the way that these guys are. Sometimes they do really smart, subtle things. Sometimes they're just making like dick jokes. So yeah. like when Tammy was like a character, she would always say stuff like, "Oh yeah, like I, uh, I, yeah, Bukaki, that's cool. I don't know if I'd ever tried though." She'd always say like nasty shit, and people yeah. were like, oh, "Okay, cool." That's just, and then she turned out to be a secret agent. But then like I think when Morty turns into like not toxic Morty, there's a girl in the background mm-hmm. like like she says like all kinds of like like yeah, like, she says something like like. I think I'd like being peed on. Or yeah, something it was like something like, like that, and, I, and people were like, so the the fans were like, oh man, she's saying like off the wall, like really gross stuff, like offhand, like is she another like Galactic Federation <laughs> spy? And it's like, it's like she might be, not be a funny maybe through line, so or maybe it's just like Dan Harmon, kinky teenager. <laughs> yeah, maybe like they like writing this kind of shit into their stories because it's funny, like, and we don't know. It could really be either, and since. I don't think they have it planned out. It could just turn out to be like that's just a, it's a like it's a piss joke. Like we have somebody on the staff who likes piss. Like they definitely do. So, like, <laughs> yeah, there's there's at least like three occasions of someone like peeing herself or like going to pee herself or something. Like they talk about it a lot, and that's uh <laughs> someone pointed that out, which is funny. How how'd you like pickle Rick? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Like, it's overblown, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, just, like, it's so funny, like, having watched it all and having it in context now, like, the things that people pick up on, and, like, the things that people, like, whether they, and I'm sure it, there it's, like, a Venn diagram case of overlap with the people who identify with Rick who pick these weird things to yell, so, but, like... Yeah, I was wondering if it was, like, someone said that was in a trailer, so I don't know if that's, that's all we had to go on for, like, four months so people jumped onto it or what, but I was like, it's... It's all like, right, like, whatever. Yeah, it was, like, it was an all right episode and was, like, most worthwhile, like, in terms of plot and character for, like, the therapist reading him his life at the end of the episode. That like, was amazing. That was so great. Like, I feel like when they were in the writer's room, they're like, yeah, they're going to get so jazzed up on Pickle Rick. It's going to be so great. And then they're going to come and be like, oh, shit. And I think people just didn't go that second, oh, shit, from, like... Like that was a great read. That was that was terrific. That was so good. And he's just like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> and then Summer and Morty are like, we want to go. I like, can we do it? Do it some more. <laughs> so you know, that's I. I wasn't super thrilled with like the finale this season, but like, I wish they would have leaned a little bit more into. This is just like pointing out like it doesn't matter. Like stop trying to guess everything. Like Rick can't win because he's a miserable person. Like his genius mm-hmm. can't beat Jerry's mediocrity. I wish they would have leaned into that and made it more yeah. like, hey, fans, stop being dicks. Like, I, I don't know. I would appreciate that more because it felt like it just petered out, you know? Mm-hmm. Eh, still like it. I'm not in a rush to see more. Like, take their time. And... Yeah, they can take their time to to catch up. Yeah. You want to know some weird shit? Tell me some weird shit. Off the hand. Off the hand. Off hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> off the topic and off hand. I just opened a tab with Tumblr in it, and it was recommending me a piece of Coco fan art. Go on. Like, I have not typed anything about Coco on any social media or anything. Like, I sent a text that I had seen it. Hey, these phones, they got us. They got us. They really have got us. Um. Oh, uh. Oh, and how was Overwatch League going? That's a that's a thing that's happening. Yeah. Um. Well, it's the uh, 
It's the best sport that I'm watching. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I try not to watch too much uh, NFL this year, and I pretty much succeeded. The only time I really set and got out of my way to watch a football game was when I was in Key West with you. And I was like, mm. well, I'm doing it more because I'm in the southernmost United States football bar. Like, I, If they had a game on, I'd watch it. Like, it's, I'm glad it's a Steelers bar. I'm more in it because mm-hmm. it's a Steelers bar than the actual <laughs> game. I don't really care what happens, and we didn't even stay it the whole time. Um, but yeah, the the the, the Steelers lost. I don't know if anyone cares about sports, but they lost this game forty-five to forty-two. Which, to put that in context, that's an abs- like I'm like we don't need context. That's an absurd amount of points to score in a game. Like, yeah, that's you, a lot of points for football. If you score forty-five points in a football game, that means you, both of you are not putting the work in. You shouldn't have won by three points. You should have won by like 25, 45 points. Like, I don't know. And if you score forty-two, you shouldn't lose by three. It's it's whatever. It was a shootout, but um, I watched the Overwatch League three out of four days pretty heavily. And um, I wasn't prepared for there to be such good games, actually. <laughs> let, me, let me pull up the schedule real quick. But it was a smashing success. I think on the first day, they had 371,000 concurrent viewers at their peak. Oh, nice. Maybe 400-some thousand, which is more than like a lot of hockey, like most hockey games get. Just to put that in mm-hmm. a small context. Yeah, it's, it's on a load right now. Uh, anyway, so so I'm not, sh- I'm still not sure which team to root for. Um, I want to root for Houston because they have like a couple of the uh, United States World Cup boys on their team. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas Fuel has like a lot of personalities. Some are abrasive, some aren't. Um, there's a there's a player called his name is Mickey. His screen name is Mickey. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these guys use screen names because they're since they are all from loads of different countries. Some of their names are very difficult to pronounce or would just be like a pain to pronounce like a five syllable name you can just say like mickey or seagull or something or jake oh. in the case of jake his name is just jake <laughs> um so that's easy or cool matt his name is just matt but uh this guy mickey a lot of people he's, he's from thailand i believe and he's just like everyone's like he's just this precious guy because he's always so happy smiling um mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy, his name, his screen name's Effect. He's a Korean player, and uh, everyone's like, you know, he's really quiet. He has, like, one of the hardest training sessions before each match. Like, he plays this game, Osu, which is, like, Elite Beat Agents. He plays that on there. Then he plays Aim Hero, and then he plays, like, a bunch of quick play matches and plays in the training range before a match. And they're like, he's the hardest grinder. And they're like, the one guy's like, oh, he he doesn't speak the greatest English, but, like, he probably could speak better. But he's always like, oh, guys, I'm cute. Do stuff for me. And, uh... <laughs> they say like the first time he came into the house he was like hey who has a cat and then the interviewers were like why do you like cats and he's like cute and everyone's like that's the dude and he's like a nasty tracer player so it's uh <laughs> there's a lot of charming players in there there's a lot of cool stories just to see i mean there's some jackasses in there too because you know it's a league um mm-hmm. but uh you know soul dynasty doing really well but and they're beating everybody, but not in the commanding way that people thought it was going to be. I think the uh, Korean training environment was a lot different than the United States one, or mm-hmm. just Western in general. But now that we have, like, team houses and we're really, like, having people in there, the Koreans are still ahead, but the gap is being closed. And they're getting better, too, because they're playing against better competition as well. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. It's really cool. Uh, Houston and Dallas didn't have the best weeks, uh, best, but they also played some tough teams, and they didn't like go out without a fight. Uh, I think Dallas Fuel played against Soul Dynasty on Temple of Anubis, right? And uh, it's a assault map, I think. So you capture the first point in the second, and everyone who plays the game knows these are some of the hardest to play 
competitive because people don't coordinate and the spawn point is so close for the defenders on the second point that unless you wipe everybody cleanly, they're going to find a way to come back, spawn, stall a point, and just eventually outlast you. Um, mm-hmm. But if you win the match, if you like, if you win your, you get your two points, the other team gets to go, and if they get done with time left, they get to go again, and you keep going until someone doesn't make it or someone completes it in overtime, and they only get like a minute or so to try it. So normally, the scores for these games like two one, two zero, one zero, three to zero, three to two. Like, small scores, you know. At most, someone will get, like... It'll be, like, 5 to 4. They went, like, 8 to 7. Like, some ridiculous thing. And there was, like, a half an hour to... There's like, a half an hour to play this map. And it's not supposed to take that long, but... <laughs> and, like, because they were just having a shootout. Like, they are just crushing each other's defenses with, like, all kinds of characters, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their set of... I think they had to go to four games. They played every character except for Symmetra. And, like, nobody ever pulls out Hanzo or Torbjorn or, like... Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Like, really, no one really does Moira right now. Um, mm-hmm. But between the two of them, they're like, we have to just keep coming up with, with strategies because the other guys are, like, doing so well. Um, so it was really, really fun to watch. It was like, it was, like people put out Doomfist seriously. No one plays Doomfist professionally. Like, he's too unreliable. Mm-hmm. But it was it was really fun to watch. Like, such... Of course, Symmetra. <laughs> well, it, the thing about... She's really hard to use in certain situations. Um, like, she's disgusting on ladder because you get an unorganized team she can melt people um mm-hmm. but I, I think she's good for the game as a whole like if you want to have a game that's from somebody who's never played a shooter all the way up to pro levels i think it's nice that you're gonna have some characters like symmetra that have no business being in a pro match and some characters like widowmaker who you know have great accuracy has no business being like on low level games like people try her but it's like hey it's not that it's fine like <laughs> it's not for us you don't need to be the sniper lady uh hanzo's kind of a weird gray area because you can just kind of spam his arrows and hope you get lucky um (laughs) so yeah they're looking at some of the mercy nerfs and stuff too because it's it's so not fun to watch her in her current state like she's a must pick and they kind of don't want that in a game um Mm -hmm. and people are afraid she's gonna be unplayable but i think she's still she's still gonna be really really good because um she can command like people who play mercy can shot call really well um, uh-huh. people are like, well, it doesn't take any skill to play her. It's like, it doesn't take the same mechanical skill. Like, you don't really have to aim that well to heal somebody. But if you're not, like, paying attention to your whole team, someone's going to miss being healed. You're not going to be able to fly around, right? You're going to try to heal someone, they're going to die, and you're not going to have a way to fly out. So, like, you really have to be paying attention and managing what's going on. Uh, she needs a lot of game sense because she doesn't have any real defenses. So you need to be more aware of what's going on than your teammates do usually. Whereas if you have a Tracer or a Genji, you just like go go beat up the ba- go beat up their defense, like and don't worry about us. Like you don't have to worry about what we're doing. Just go kill their healers. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be healthy for the game for her to be like brought down ever so slightly. But like the way the Blizzard balances, she'll probably be like horrible for a couple months and then she'll come back, be too strong. It's whatever. And that leads me in. Uh, speaking of Overwatch League, have you seen like any of the controversy and stuff around it right now? I was going to say, I feel like all I've seen about it on Twitter in the last, like, couple of weeks was the business about how, like, they have no, um, diverse, like, sportscasting personalities and, like, no women on any of the teams. Yeah, so, two things about that. So, they did try to get some, some people, like, they tried to get some guys of color on the announcement mm-hmm, yeah, staff. Yeah, for the casting. Because yeah, they, no. they've had Golden Boy before, but apparently, like, the deal didn't work out or something. Like, neither of them mm-hmm. were, like, happy with it. Like, not that it was the amount, but I think it was just, like, the style of it. 
I mean, uh-huh. it's a long commitment, I think, too. So, it's, you know, he was like, hey, don't be horrible because they did get the best. Like, I think they got some of the best people. Like, two guys of color were like, oh, no, we, we they want us. It just wasn't our time. No. Unfortunately, I don't know if there's a lot of women of color that were really even considered or popular, which is something we need to fix systemically. But mm-hmm. I don't think their goal was for it to be quite so uh, bright on staff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think that I don't think they intended that when they were setting looking for talent. Um, but we still need to work on it. Um, as far as not having any female players on the rosters, that's a little bit more more just... tricky. Um, it's also I mean like it is it's a s- systemic thing as well because like there are fewer pro-level women Overwatch players because people who try to get to that level get harassed. Yeah, and that's that's why I saw Jake say, like, he gave a bad PR answer when they interviewed him for the Overwatch League. Like, he just gave, like, a PR answer. But I, 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 mm-hmm. I read his blog before, and he was like, yo, basically he said it more eloquently than this. But he's like, first off, if you think, like, women are somehow incapable of playing shooters, that's not the case. He's like, but I don't think that there's a lot of women playing to a high level because of systemic reasons like call of duty is super like they lean into like it's bros playing um he's like but also like he's like i know people i've seen it i've been around i try to call it out but if you if you even say anything and they hear a woman's voice you're gonna be like no i'm just a, a boy i'm a young i'm a young boy that's why my voice is high but people will harass you and it's like and he's like the only way to be super competitive in this game is to use communication and if every time or like even 25% of the time you get harassed for your voice, you're not really going to want to communicate. And that's... So he was saying there's a lot of systemic things, and a lot of people that are playing have been playing shooters for a long time. So he's like, yeah, no one's... You could play Overwatch as long as us, but if I've been playing Counter-Strike and Team Fortress 2 half my life, you shouldn't be able to touch me. Like, that's just how it would go. Um, mm-hmm. But that conversation gets a little tricky when you have players like Gagori out there. Um which I wish someone would have just like said, "Hey, we've seen her play. She's not that good," which isn't true. But that would have been like, a, "Oh, okay. Like you don't think she could be on your team because skill, not because oh, there's a language barrier. Oh, we don't know how to be to like have a woman You're living in our communicate or give constructive criticism." Like yeah, like those are like bad answers, you know. Especially Dallas Fuel, they have like five, like over five countries represented on their team. They said Mickey's from Thailand, FX from South Korea, XQC is like French Canadian. Uh, the only American on the Dallas team is Seagull, so I mean he's like from Washington or something. But mm-hmm. they have a guy from Spain. They're like his English has only gotten worse since he's been here for the last two years. <laughs> like they're all making fun of him. Um, so like yeah, communication is not the biggest issue on some of the teams. Um, it's it, it was very it's a very tricky unfortunate thing, but I think they can do they can do better. I think we need better outlets. We sure could. Yeah. Um, and then the other contra- controversy I've been seeing is some people are upset. Mostly London Spitfire fans say they can't mm. relate to their team because it's an all-Korean team. Um, ah. And I'm like, guys, I- I'm not going to throw out the racist card right now, but that's a little bit odd that you can't relate to the team. They're like, you know, they're just not from here. I'm like, yeah, but like... Dallas, like Dallas Fuel played against Seoul Korea and people were chanting USA USA and the announcer were like what do you mean there's only one American on the team I'm like it's not about the team it's about who they represent they're a Dallas team you know and yeah they have they have a Korean guy on their team like they have pe- and then you think about regular sports like if you come to Pittsburgh and ask people who's your top two players on the Penguins they're gonna be like the Canadian dude and the Russian dude like, yeah <laughs> like t- exactly like they're all like heartbroken when it's time for the Olympics and we have to play against Zinjino like 
if we can't win that, we, we can. But, <laughs> or, like, you look at a football or, or basketball team, like, yeah, LeBron plays for Cleveland, but, like, I don't know how many Steelers are from Pittsburgh. Not any of them, I don't think. And, like, is Tom Brady from, like, the New England region? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know why I asked that, but I don't think they care either because he keeps winning them Super Bowl. So, like, yeah, would, would you like to have a story of you have a hometown kid, they grow up, they get really good at Overwatch, they represent your city, and they win? That'd be beautiful, but, like, that's not how pro sports work. So yeah, I, I and just, if you want this to be considered a pro sport, then stop whining. Yeah, so I think, you know, I'm not going to throw this out there, but it looks a little suspect that you guys seem to be the only team that doesn't be a, like, you can't mess with your team for whatever reason. Mm, that one just looks a little bit sketchy, that's all I'm saying. And they're really good, so you should just be happy London's winning something, unlike when you guys go into Eurovision and you get, like, <laughs> your country gets laughed at every year. So, I don't know. If Pittsburgh had an all-Korean team, there'd be a bunch of yinzers, a bunch of video game yinzers saying, hey, black and gold, it's all that matters, baby. You know, get an Overwatch, you know. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't care where you're from as long as you bleed black and gold, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Play Renegade and get that Lucio drop the beat, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I talk a lot about it, but it's, you know, it's fun to watch. Production's nice, even if you don't know what's going on. A lot of pretty colors. That's what nice. I see a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> anything else? You know, we're kind of straying away from our old format of, like, talking, taking a break. But that kind of stretches things out unnecessarily sometimes. Yeah. Um, the only thing, and this is, again, this is jumping, like, uh, a little too far from our last topic. <laughs> it's, it's a podcast. But it's cash. It's I, cash. Like, it could have it slated a lot more... Uh, effectively earlier in this discussion, but the uh, last thing, I guess, before we go, I could mention that I uh, I have nothing but respect for my Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the nonsense, terrible, like, garbage reaction that J.K. Rowling, like, put out in response to people being, like disgusted and horrified that a known domestic abuser is playing like a huge role in her franchise that is originally about a child who was abused um Get her done. uh dan radcliffe came out and t- took shots not only at that but also at the nfl <laughs> <laughs> by compa- well because when on on the uh, one of the kids who, I don't remember which, because Crab and Goyle are kind of interchangeable characters, but one of the kids who played Crab and or Goyle in the original movies was fired from the set during the sixth movie because he was, like, called up on some kind of, like, very minor drug charge. Um, and they, like, replaced him with other characters in the last movie because they, like, just kind of blacklisted him from the set. And Dan was, like, like, stuff like that was punished like indiscriminately greatly just like like just like in the nfl when like people are getting in trouble for like minor drug offenses when like people who are known abusers are getting a pass or people who have much are well known for much bigger crimes are still very famous and it seems to me that this is a very similar situation where like someone who was in trouble for something very minor was punished like in disproportionately compared to someone who is continuing to get work despite having done a much worse thing. That's 
was like, go. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter's woke, man. Hey, you, you, you play someone like Harry Potter or Captain America, you know, you, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, Chris, Chris Evans has been on fire lately, too. He said something really wild today. I forget what it was. But it was like, damn, Chris, hold on. I'm going to look this up live on podcast, even though oh, it's yeah, not I, I looked... for you all. <laughs> I remember seeing this earlier. Something about Martin Luther King Day. I, th- I think he was calling out Paul Ryan. Oh, yeah. Paul Ryan Paul posted Ryan. a black and white picture of himself, like, gazing up at a statue of MLK. Yeah, and he said, he's, like, staring at a magic eye and pretending he sees the sailboat. Like, <laughs> uh, that's it. That's I funny. actually, like, clicked through to make sure it was the actual Chris Evans, and I was like, shit. Yo, he's done giving a shit. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of Harry Potter, uh, the Lucas Brothers apparently had pitched a, uh, a Harry Potter, like, a black Harry Potter at uh, some network a while ago, and they denied it for being too, like, weird, or, like, people wouldn't watch it. But um, this was, like, amidst a black har- ho- a black Hogwarts uh, hashtag that was just going out a lot. Um, yeah, people were posting, like, it was both, like, this pitch that had, w- that had been set at, like, a, like HCBU, or H- 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 yeah, HBCU, HBCU. Yeah. Was like I've seen this written, but I've never said the acronym out loud. <laughs> yeah, HBCU, um, which is yeah, historically black college and or university. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were talking about this pitch, and then it was like the people were also talking about like just like recasting the entire Harry Potter franchise with black people. Yeah, because the the internet is always has to be extra, which I appreciate. I'm not saying this in a bad way. The internet always has to be extra <laughs> and do too much, and I loved every second of it. Um, yeah, the only thing that annoyed me was that, like, someone tweeted at JK and was like, hey, are you aware of this going on? And she was like, yes, and I love it. I was like, stop. <laughs> I hate you She now. does, because it's, it's money. <laughs> it makes her look good, you yeah? <laughs> uh, like, But I did I did go to a, a site, I think it was blackhogwars.org, and I took my sorting do-rag test, and I got Slytherin <laughs> once again, because your boy is legit. You know. So it's nice, you know. I, I like the things that people do. It's there, there's, uh, I love black people. We're great. There's hope in the world. <laughs> They're like, yo, you, you you'd be invisibility tins instead of an invisibility cloak, and I'm like, man, <laughs> you aren't doing too much right now. <laughs> However, I like the idea. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Like it, yeah, that'd be funny. I like that. I don't. That's not how it worked, but it doesn't matter. It's magic. It could work however people want. It's a little harder to put a pair of tight, like, lace-up boots on than it is to throw a cloak over your shoulder. It would be, a lot, like, a lot more involved process to become invisible. You don't have to lace them up. You have to slip them on. You don't have to, you know. Still, like, if they were laced up too tight beforehand, then you have to, like, loosen them all up. I don't know. I put on a pair of chucks for the first time in a while today. It's an ordeal. So, <laughs> um, so, when, <laughs> when Black Hogwarts eventually gets gentrified... It's going to be in the invisibility chucks instead of the invisibility <laughs> tent. Damn it. I knew we shouldn't have let those owls in here. <laughs> um, anything else th- this week? I think it's time to call it on this episode, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. We gave... This is basically just an episode of the two of us talking to each other about shit we did this weekend. Isn't that, uh, I mean, isn't that what this podcast is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten to... Yeah. We're not going to start doing character Rickville, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> we could get a little ridiculous. Um, yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> do you want to uh, give them the social media biz? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Cool. Go, 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 go. Ooh, here we go. 
All right, if you want to find us on the internet, you can find us on Twitter at Character Rev. You can find me and Dom separately on Twitter at Brother Dom and at Captain Steph. You can find us on Facebook at by searching for Character Reveal. Sometimes I post pictures on our Instagram, which is also Character Reveal, and share them to the Facebook page. You can find us on Tumblr at Brother Dom and at The Snow Queer. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, any of the other podcast catchers of your choice. Um, and if you do so, on a place where you can review us, if you did that, that'd be great. We'd like that. <laughs> Lovely. Um, and if, uh, if all else fails, you can always just hit us up in the browser by going to characterreveal.simplecast.fm. Which apparently a lot of you do, so thanks. (laughs) Yeah, shout out. Um, And if you want to put some dollars in our pocket so we can keep doing this or uh, More stuff, maybe. (laughs) More stuff. uh, You can hit us up at patreon.com slash character reveal. Yeah, and we're going to actually, we have some nice uh, ideas of what we want to do with some uh, more content to put out uh, Patreon and other places. So we'll uh, keep you all in the know of that. Yeah, but we're going to start trying to do some more stuff this year. We're already doing, we're already off to a better start than last year. And we're getting a little bit better every year, so this whole thing takes time. Oh, yeah. Ha! Huh, well, that's another good episode. And that on a fun note, right? Woo! Okay, well, uh, as they say on the internet, wubble up a dub dub. It's my new catchphrase, Morty. <laughs> wubble up a dub dub. <laughs> Anyway, hey, uh, thanks for listening to us. Until next time, see you later. Bye.